Hello and welcome to This Climate Business, the podcast about turning the climate crisis into opportunity. Please follow us on social media and rate the podcast as it helps others to find us. I hope you enjoy the show. Building a cradle-to-cradle economy is a mammoth task and it's the mission of Louise Nash, the CEO of Circularity, a consultancy that helps companies build circular systems. She's also the founder of Xlabs, a workshop series that kickstarts the journeys for com- the journey for companies as big as Lime Breweries and as tiny as EV Maritime. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Louise. It's always fun to chat to you. Your world is very busy and full of action, and you have just completed your latest round of workshops with Xlabs. Tell us what that was about and how did it go? Yeah, thanks, Vincent, and great great to be here on the podcast. Um, I listen uh, frequently, and it's it's great to be a guest. So thank you so much for for making the time. Uh, we just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago uh, the X Labs Live program, which is the country's circular economy uh, program for businesses um, in support of Ministry for the Environment, uh, Tataki Auckland Unlimited, Callaghan Innovation, and New Zealand Trade Enterprise, to name a few. And X Labs Live is a creating space for businesses to come together uh, and co-design circular solutions to some of the really big, wicked, complex problems we're facing, not only in Aotearoa but around the world around. Uh, waste emissions and and generally environmental harm in, in business as usual and the the old linear economy the the take make waste economy um, that has some pretty horrendous outcomes and impacts. What kind of companies are participating in X Labs Live? Yeah, we were really fortunate to bring together a real cross-section of businesses, and that's part of the magic. You know, we know that a lot of businesses um, have set goals or have the intention to work on this. Some are working with industry bodies and industry transformation plans. Um, But we know the problems that we're facing are so complex that not one business or one industry can solve it. Um, So that's the very unique thing about X-Labs. So in the room, uh, we had Transpower, uh, we had Downer, we had Becker, um, we had Silverfern Farms, um, but equally we had startups in the space. Um, so we had a business called Rescued Kitchen um, that are in the process of very of scaling up their operation around uh, recycling and remaking food uh, that's currently going to waste. Um, in fact, one as part of X Labs, uh, we connected them to Lion, which are also part of uh, X Labs, and um, they prototyped uh, a spent grain. Um, cracker, which was coming out of Lion's Brewing process, and we actually served it on one of the days at X Labs. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which was really cool. Um, equally, we had a whole bunch of growers, which um, at Circularity we're really passionate about um, supporting our growers, supporting our farmers um, in the transition. Mm. And so there was some support from the Franklin Local Board to put a group of Franklin businesses in there, um, including some some really big businesses that that supply into our supermarkets, such as Leader Brand, uh, such as AX Wilcox, um, as well as Hot House Tomatoes. Um, and they've been innovating for years in, in the delivery of the supply of, of, of this produce for us on our plates um, and for our for our farnals. And so it was really exciting to have them in the room think about uh, what that next evolution of growing looks like in New Zealand. This is a climate change podcast, and so obviously we're very interested in climate change, but these things are nested problems, right? To what extent does circularity, circular economy thinking address climate issues. Is there a direct connection between those two? Yeah, this is a really important um, 
point. And obviously, you know, climate um, and the impacts on climate are outcomes out of um, our actions, I guess, in the way we run our businesses, the products we make and, and consume and, and how we do that. So um, directly, um, the circular economy um, addresses 45% of global emissions, carbon emissions. Um, it's been quantified. So these are the products that we make, how we make them, how we mine mm. them, how we mine the earth for them, um, the process by which we do that, how we consume products, the kind of throwaway culture, the single-use um, nature of that, um, the use of fossil fuels um, in that, and then obviously the impact of the disposal of them. Um, so a lot of the contribution to our emissions profile in this country is around that organic um, material flow that ends up in our landfills um, and hmm. there's a high degree of emissions. So no one business is alone or one industry, as we know, is um, uniquely contributing to these. In fact, we've all got pockets of it throughout all of our businesses because we're all consuming, we're all making, and, and we all are reliant on the infrastructure of where they end up. Can you conceive of a, a polluter resolving their pollution issues through circularity? And I'm thinking, for instance, so let me give you a gnarly one. Uh, <laughs> Let's take the worst offenders. Let's take an oil company that is in the business of extraction. Is that business, just by definition of how they operate and who they are, are they excluded from adopting circularity practices? Do you sort of say, get out, you don't belong in my tent? It's a, it's a, you've given me like the hardest example. (laughs) And I I think you can take it, Louise. Yeah, yeah, I can totally take it. And funnily enough, um, I had the great pleasure of going up to Dubai with New Zealand Trade and Enterprise uh, up to the expo um, in February. And the person sitting next to me was was an oil company. Um, and in fact, they were traveling uh, because they'd found a new site that they were drilling on. So we had a had a really cool chat on the way up. Um I, I, um, I, I mean, in my heart, I'm, I'm kind of like there's, there's all, op- all certain opportunities for circularity. Um, the, the, the notion of, of circular economy is, is comes down to three principles, and I can, I believe that they can apply to any business, no matter how bad they are. You know, we, how do we design out waste? Um, so there's ways that we can, we can do. I don't want to use the word. There's ways we can extract without doing that. I will refrain from that. Um, <laughs> but keeping materials in flow and in at use is really key. Um, there's huge structures involved in, in an oil business. How are they built with um, modularity so that they can be reused and repurposed? So aside from kind of the oil drilling, I guess, um, there's a whole bunch of things that are in that operations. Hmm. Um, and then how is the access set up? So that keeping materials in flow is a lot around asset utilisation, but also material flows. So how do we provide access to that material? How do we? How can we reuse it, repurpose it? Um, the way oil flows through this country or through the world, um, there's you know there's, there's kind of one way that's done, right? And so how might that be done better? And then that leads to that great diversification piece. What are those three terms again? Just summarise them for us. Yeah, so three principles of the circular economy um, are design out waste and pollution. So we know that about 80% of um, environmental impact is actually baked in at the design stage. Yeah. So instead of, instead of you know, standing at the skip bin and helping people recycle, which is obviously a very 
good earnest job um, for those that have it, why don't we go back to the beginning and try and design and back it in so we design out the impact at the outset. So that's principle one. Principle two is around keeping materials in flow and in use. Um, and people may have heard of like the butterfly uh, chart of the Alan MacArthur Foundation. On one side, you have the biological flows in the, in the economy, and on the right, you have the technical flows. And what circular economy looks at is those flows and how we might create forms of reuse, uh, repurposing, remanufacturing, and then ultimately kind of feeding them back in on themselves. So therefore, they're circular, uh, mm. not kind of linear. Uh, and then the third principle is really important. Um, it's about regenerating living systems, um, which are both people and planet. Um, so this concept of everything that we take, we must regenerate. Um, and if we just did that principle alone, you know, we're able to shift to a lower emissions um, economy because in, very, in the very principle, even if we're talking, uh, you know, the business of producing products or the business of feeding soils, if we are able to do that while regenerating and restoring carbon, uh, we're all going to be a lot better off. Mm. That's. I found it interesting that um, so many of your participants this time around were food producers or in the food industry. And, of course, food is such a huge an important mm. industry for New Zealand. So getting that right is quite critical, isn't it? Are you seeing, um, excuse the pun, an appetite for this kind of conversation happening in our primary sector? Um, you know, you're, you're coming at it very much from, I suppose, uh, I'm going to cast you now, you, you, you seem like an urban-based enterprise, <laughs> um, but we have a huge primary sector. How much engagement are you getting from mainstream primary producers? Yeah, it's a really, really great question, um, Vincent. Most of my team at Circularity, um, our heart is in those living systems. We're here to, to be part of those projects. It's really important for us um, in the work and regenerating us in doing this work because it is quite tough work. Um, that trip to Dubai was to go up to Food and Agricultural Week. Um, so I was up there at the same time as Plant of Food, as Damien O'Connor, um, and that conversation was absolutely around the importance of the global uh, food uh, system. Hmm. You know, it produces a third of our waste. Um, uh, sorry, a third of food is wasted, um, and it's a third of global emissions. Um, so, you know, up there we talked about this idea that if food was produced in line with nature, those outcomes wouldn't occur because uh, there is no waste in nature. So we've designed this entire food system uh, that doesn't feed people <laughs> healthy food. You know, we've got people who are undernourished um, and there's huge amount of waste in the system. Um, so we're definitely seeing um, the rise of discussions around food and the importance of getting that right globally. Mm, um, and, and we're just starting to see that engagement um, through the Ministry for Primary Industry, through, through food and fibre sector. Um, and obviously that SFFF funding is gearing up in that space and they've funded a couple of really big projects in, in regeneration. Um, it's, and then, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Oh, no, carry on. You, yeah, I was just going to make a, uh, a add to that, but you carry on because you might make it instead of me. Oh, and I just really wanted to shout out, that's why the Franklin Local Board uh, invested in those 
uh, growers to come on board to X Labs. Like, you know, there were five of them. It was incredible. And they all gave up a week of their time. Um, and in talking to them, it was it was fascinating. You know, they were looking at nitrogen runoff into waterways. You know, they were looking at very significant national and global issues um, on their farm. And all of them had the solutions at their fingertips. It was just a reprioritization and the ability to make that shift while BAU mm-hmm. is running side by side, right? Because these are people that have to wake up every morning, motivate a massive team of people, grow, you know, grow hundreds of thousands of lettuces, get them picked up, get them in our supermarkets. And so for them to make that shift really is a reprioritization around time and effort. Mm. That's so interesting. What I was going to add to that was um, I see so much uh, action happening, particularly around the regenerative practices to do mm. with agriculture. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the report, Fit for a Better World, that was done two yeah. years ago. Um, and so wonderful to see this kind of regenerative thinking, particularly from a Te Māori kind of worldview, starting to be put into our food sector. I'm quite excited about the strategic thinking that is happening in primary sector to see the food production as uh, um, kind of fulfilling your third objective there around regenerative. So this shift to farming becoming not just a, an exploitative extractive industry, but actually benefiting the land, benefiting the biodiversity around the farms and so on. Uh, uh, you know, it's just an observation from my point of view that that, that conversation does seem to be happening in pockets in different parts of the primary sector, which um, means that you're not alone, Louise, in championing this stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely the the strategic pillars and the strategic frameworks are there. There's a lot of um, definitions still to be made on the, on the ground of what that looks like. Um, mm. You know, if you're an apple grower, what does that look like? Um, we've got a couple of projects that are, you know, very specifically working in particular uh, growing methods. Um, you know, how do we measure that? How do we report on that? But also how that runs in line with, you know, the advancement in technology. So I think this is really key. You know, a lot of people come to circular economy and they get quite romantic about it because, you know, they start thinking about putting out their, their milk bottles when they're a child and, you know, putting the coins on and getting the refillable milk and, and being able to reuse things and tinkering away with stuff, which is, you know, I've got memories of that myself, you know, in my, my grandparents' garages. Um, mm. But what's really cool about, about circular economy right now is that we bring the technological ad- advancements. So you bring in, um, you know, the ability to look at robotics on farm and, and minimise impact and harm using new technology. Um, mm. Or you bring in embedded intelligence uh, so that you can deliver transparency across supply chains um, and, and pay workers fair wages, but also manage environmental harm and be, be able to report on that um, yeah. in the food system. So there's all those things that line up really well against all those great practical examples of, you know, reuse, um, making the most of our resources, going back and remanufacturing things and, and making sure things last and have second and third lives. How frustrating is it for you that this is moving so slowly or perhaps it's not moving slowly? Uh, and I just remember probably more than 10 years ago, maybe even maybe it was 12 years ago, going to a Better by Design conference and hearing about circular economy and thinking, well, this all makes sense. The logic of it is so powerful and so obvious, but the practical 
practicalities and the implementation of it seems to be taking so long, Louise. Is that because, you know, why is that? Or And, well, first of all, am I right in thinking it's taking so long? And if it is, what are the barriers to moving to a circular economy? <sighs> you, you, took, you took me to a place I'm not sure I want to go, but <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, you know, I think anyone working in this space, uh, you've got to stay really positive about the momentum because generally your energy is building momentum, right? The work that you're mm. doing is helping to create that agency. Um, I'm, I am I reflected with X-Labs this year because it was our second uh, time delivering X-Labs. We did the first one in 2020. Um, and this time we were able to deliver it how we wanted to because in 2020 we went into the, the country's first lockdown and so I had yeah. to put everyone online. Um, the first kind of couple of years there, like literally I just used to be asked to present at uh, board level about the circular economy, like what it was. Um, no one ever wanted to have a conversation around what it looked like in practice or how it applied to their business or what a goal for circularity might look like or how we might measure it or what kind of brand we might apply it to as a pilot program. Um, and I think there's a couple of things that have really lined up. I think a lot of businesses in the last couple of years have got their goals um, sorted at a strategic level. Um, mm. So, you know, we've got, you know, I, I just, just for us alone, we're working with about 10 businesses that actually have a circularity goal um, at a strategic level for the business. Um, we've had government build policy in this space and with mm. funding aligned to it, you know, for Four years ago, we had the Waste Minimisation Fund and it was very much focused on how do we clean up that bit at the end and support infrastructure, whereas now we've got, you know, the Emission Reduction Plan, which has a full chapter on circular economy um, and on obviously Minister Stuart Nash is really, really active in that space across a whole heap of industries. So I think there's a few things lining up, government signalling, policy coming into place. Uh, you mentioned food and fibre strategy around fit for a better world. And now because those foundations foundational elements are in place now all businesses want to know is how do I build the capability to make that stuff happen because I've got a goal I've got a KPI that I need to hit you know countdown mm. we're working with them I've got a zero food waste from store goal to hit by 2025 you know that's just around the that's corner how do, they, how do they hit that right and so we're working with them on transformative ideas around how to how to deliver that goal in every single mm. store in the country Oh, that, that's exciting. I mean, your um, enthusiasm gets you through, Louise, and it affects <laughs> other people, which is wonderful. Your journey to get to this point has been what? Have you been always a greenie and, or, or have you discovered circularity uh, kind of mid-career? Yeah, um, I, actually, I actually come from a, a long line of, I guess, what, what, is, what is now called entrepreneurs, um, but ones that have um, made the best of whatever situation they're in. Um, the first place I, I came out of hospital to was, uh, was a farm um, in Odahu that's obviously since become um, housing developments. Um, but my grandparents had tomato farms um, out there in Convoy Lane in Odahu. And so I, I grew up there. In fact, I, I, there's photos of me with, like, peacocks and stuff, like... <laughs> <laughs> funny what we used to have back there um, and my grandparents used to take the tomatoes um, off to turners and growers and, and sell them in at the markets 
Um, and so, you know, and I was I was raised by grandparents. And so I've always had this kind of can-do attitude um, and really strong interest in um, the economy and contributing to that and, and building up a livelihood. Um, and so, you know, I, I went into kind of business strategy and communication strategy, and I really just found that I couldn't make, uh, and you know, I was I was kind of a bit of a business whisperer, right? You know, about what future trends were and where different shifts mm. could be made, um, what we were hearing from consumers, what the future of consumption could be, and like it just became so black and white to me that that world that we've been building around consumption just had to end, <laughs> and I just I couldn't face it in those those meetings anymore that I was in. I was like, no, 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 there's a new way we're going to have to do this. <laughs> like, come on, we've all realised, right? Right. Um, and so and, and it broke my heart knowing that I'd had that impact and been part of that impact around consumption. Um, can, can you um, fix it to a date where this Damascus Road conversion happened or was it a, a, a slow realisation? Well, I think for probably many people when I started seeing um, – you know, children protesting in the streets around it. You know, when we saw it going across society, um, I think, you know, when we started seeing plastic and its impact into developing nations and knowing that that's where our plastic was going um, from our houses, um, when I started seeing it turn up in, in oceans and, you know, in, in animals and in animal stomachs, and then you hear about it being on, you know, the top of Everest found and in our stomachs, etc. I mean, I, okay. I, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, consumers are wanting us to change, and I'm like, my goodness, aren't you wanting to change? <laughs> you know, like we we are the consumers, we are the citizens. Um, I'm pretty black and white about it. I see that world as just kind of disappearing, to be honest, um, and the new world being built. Um, and I'm very fortunate to be part of the coalition of the willing that are rebuilding it. Well, you're making the coalition of the willing, which I think is just great. I, I, there's that moment, isn't there, of looking around and saying, hey, uh, all the adults have gone. That's us. I am the adult in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't keep contributing, even though I'm not a plastics manufacturer or a polluter in, you know, I don't own a factory, but I'm an enabler by being a professional that supplies to them, that provides them with advice and, um, you know, marketing ideas and advertising ideas. And for me, it was about saying, I don't want to be an enabler anymore. I don't want to be on, I don't want to help that. Yeah. I want to help yeah. other things. I want to help an alternative to this. Um still believing kind of in the role of business and industry to Definitely. solve problems. Definitely. I, I think that's that carries me all the way through and a high degree of empathy. You know, like the businesses that we work with, um, we find have a very powerful intent to want to do good um, and, and want to redesign things. Um, but you need to approach them with a degree of empathy. And, I mean, there's a lot of debate around, you know, we had all sorts of businesses in the first X labs and everyone's like, oh, you know, they create heaps of impact. And I'm like, yeah, but they just fronted up with 15 of their team members to tackle this really big gnarly challenge that no one else has solved yet. So for me, I have a lot of empathy for that. Um, and, you know, it is for a number of them, they are shifting the Titanic. Um, 
and and my my job my role and my team's role is to help them find a way that they can do that you know whether it's through funding whether it's through collaboration with partners that are already doing it getting a pilot up and running uh, prototyping solutions for them so that they can get them in front of their board so their board can prioritize their time you know we just literally will not let them not move forward yeah Mm. Mm. It's also quite a good business you've created, presumably. You can like you've, you you run these the X Labs events, and you see the idea of change and the urgency comes from, yeah, you know, as you say, all the things around us, the plastic, the climate, and so on. Uh, I imagine you could run quite a good consulting business out of this. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's not easy. It's not a walk in the park. I don't feel like I've, I've, I'm the cat who's found the cream, but um, uh, this is the only work I want to do. Um, and I think most of my team are in that same camp. You know, mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing anything else. Probably like you, if you're going to enable something, this is what I want to enable. Um, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about human potential and human agency and our ability to create jobs in this space um, and create livelihoods. And I'm very proud to be able to lead a team that we all can have a livelihood in this space. Um, circular, economy, cool. circular economy was nascent when we started, you know, um, and now I confront up and say that we're all, you know, paid market rates and we do this work and we demand that of the businesses that we work with, that we're mm. paid. You know, I, I came into it, people um, gave me a, a telling off that I was charging for this work. You know, they were like, well, if you're caring for the planet or if you're doing that, you <laughs> free. And I'm like, but that doesn't, that doesn't enable me to do this, you know, and mm. I want to be able to enabling more people to do this. Mm. We find the same with the um, Climate Venture Capital Fund. There's that kind of, you know, we want to in- invest in technologies that are going to create great emission savings. We also want to make a buck because that's the only way we're going to attract capital is if we get venture capital style returns for our investors. So um, you, you have to walk this kind of line, don't you, of um, committing yourself to some sort of capitalist or some sort of business model uh, that's sustainable, but actually can do good. And um, uh, the way I've resolved it is I've thought about, there was this lovely line from Volvo. I don't know if it's ever happened, but this line from Volvo, that you said, we want to make a car that the air that goes comes out of the back of the car will be cleaner than the air that goes in. And that to me kind of captures the whole regenerative model, doesn't it? Like the very act of being in business, the very act of making a profit and, charging people and creating kind of wealth, the very act of doing that also improves the biosphere, also improves soils and waterways. That that would, to me, be the, the dream outcome. I think you're, that sounds yeah. like you're working towards the same thing. Yeah, and also this work is regenerating for people, you know, so it's regenerating for our souls, um, for our families, you know, and for our communities. So, you know, we're, we're, human beings are part of the environment. Um, work is a very big part of our lives. If we get to do this kind of work, it helps us regenerate ourselves. Yeah. And, and changes our mindset so that every, every decision that we make influences and encourages and motivates others. Mm-hmm. So that's business and, and a bit of personal life. That's kind of cool. Do you find yourself now also... 
politically active? Do you do you lobby for change? Are there things that you want to see happen? Yeah, the lobbying thing is really interesting. I remember being in a couple of forums where Eugenie Sage was in. You know, this was probably four years ago, and you know she she's had a, there was all these lobbyists in the room, and I was fascinated that people were paid to lobby and turn up to meetings you know re- I was really quite naive about it and I remember going gosh that person's got a lot to say about that one thing um I think I think for me I've always loved leveraging kind of strategic uh thought leadership um and so for me in this space that that is the, the policy work that's being done at government level mm. and so mm me being able to consult on the emission reduction plan with MB, um, being able to partner with the Ministry for the Environment on the XLAB circular economy program, really deeply understanding their work, what they see, what they're trying to achieve, and then us aligning to that. And those are the those are the kind of relationships that we've built up over time. And that and that is a benefit to the businesses that work with us. Mm. Um, so if that if that's political, then <laughs> I don't know. So so be it. But for me, if I in myself developing circularity, I know I want to know that I'm working in line with where the government is developing policy because that's shaping the future of business, right? Mm. And so I want to do that for the clients as well. Mm, great. What does success look like for you? I don't know, give us a sense for circularity or for X-Labs even. I, and let's think about a, a, a moment or a time horizon, you know, say five years or maybe that's too long. But do you have a kind of a sense of when you know that you've succeeded? Yeah. Uh, we get quite excited about the projects and the potential for impact. And at, at the moment, we're getting a little bit of a whiff about how we might go global with the work that we do and, and how we might scale that into different markets and solve similar challenges, but with different kind of dynamics playing out. Mm. Um, and I think that that's definitely my horizon. How do I run a global business around circular economy from here in Aotearoa? Uh, take what we have, you know, in our hearts and our minds because we've grown up here, um, you know, work with with specialists in, in Matanga Māori and take those those principles and those worldviews into the global market um, and deliver some really extraordinary outcomes at that global level. And I, I think that's what's what's really exciting me, um, how I can take the X-Labs model that we've, you know, we've scaled up with government support here into other markets um, and, you know, we're having those initial conversations now around what that looks like, um, and and I can I can see that kind of within five years that particularly as the world is opening up now, right? Again, that we can, you know, we can one week be in Hawkes Bay working with the apple growers, and the next week we can be up in Dubai looking at um, implementing a really cool waste to wealth uh, value system up there for them. Mm. Oh well, that's fantastic. Well, Louise, congratulations on getting to this point. I I have. I know how much work you've put in to get to oh. here. And, um, you know, there are lots of people that are, appreciate your work. So congratulations and um, well done on another. Um, is this the third X-Labs Live that you've done? It's the, it's the second. Um, but in the background during lockdown, we built an online learn program uh, for X-Labs right. um, so that mm. anyone can study it online. Um, so it probably feels like there's a few different iterations 
Um, but that's because that runs anytime, you know, 22 hours, people can become certified in designing for a circular economy um, in partnership with Ministry for the Environment. So it's awesome to be able to offer that to the market. Yeah, great. Right, well, you should tell us the URL for that so people know where to go. So if you're wanting to find out more about Xlabs, it's xlabs.nz. Lots of good stories on there of transformation. Uh, you can register your interest for the Learn program. Um, if you want to do live at your business um, for your industry, then uh, drop a line there and we can um, look at how we can bring that to you. Fantastic. Louise Nash, thanks for joining me on uh, this climate business. Yeah, thanks for making it happen, Vincent. Amazing. This Climate Business, the podcast about turning the climate crisis into opportunity. Please follow us on social media and rate the podcast as it helps others to find us.